Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, folks. Hope you are having a phenomenal week. It was great. Yesterday it was almost 80 degrees in Florida. We had this front come down from the north, and today it's starting to feel like fall. It's going to be a high of 70 degrees, low tonight 39, and I know if you're up north that is crazy. And most people go nuts with it. I want to welcome back to the show my mom and dad. I know they are up there. And I noticed that they are back on, so they must have their phone rocking and rolling, which is always a good thing. Today we're in Chapter 9 of Dave Ramsey's book, Entre Leadership, 20 Years of Practical Business Wisdom from the Trenches. And i got to tell you, I hate this chapter because it's a – man, just hits you between the eyes. Financial Peace for the Business. Bulletproof Principles for Money, Debt, and Funding Your Future. And, uh, man, I, you know, from a personal standpoint, I've done well since 1999. From a business standpoint, I did just like everybody else on this island did, and, uh, and we ran the business. I had business debt, business credit cards, and as most of you know that hang with us know that after uh, trying to ride this out for two years, we ended up with a bankruptcy this year. On that note, uh, I say we, the business, and me, not Paige, but, uh, you know, it sucks. And as I read this book, I think, man, I did everything that the average normal American is doing. And if you remember Craig Rochelle's book, Weird, the whole problem is normal isn't working, and I can attest to that. Dave starts this chapter off taking us back to the fall of 2008 when the stock market was in a free fall and panic was everywhere. Funny thing is that the fear that had everybody gripped left Wall Street and headed to Washington. And by the time it hit Washington, the politicians trying to save their own freaking butts, both sides of the aisle, were going nuts. And sure enough, what happens, one of the largest, if not the largest, quote-unquote, bailout in the history of America. I noticed today $15 trillion in debt and rising, and it didn't help anything. Now, as Dave points out in the book, and something that we will never know, is if the government hadn't gotten involved, could we correct it ourselves? I personally believe we can. I believe the American people have for 236 years, 35 actually, and they would have again. But something he said that was very wise, he said emotions were way out of control. He said, I learned from a friend of mine with a Ph.D. in economics from Stanford and an undergrad degree from Yale who says you should never make big decision, decisions when you're afraid or when you're drunk. It seems in the fall of 2008, the vast majority of people were drunk on fear. Why? Because we were over-leveraged. We had no margin in our life. I had a preacher friend of mine. We launched a church together right around that same time period. And he had the opportunity to get into a half-a-million-dollar home on a $50,000-a-year salary. He thought it was a great deal. He said, we can have the church office here. We can have church meetings here. It's a humongous mansion. He didn't realize how much the tax bill was going to be at over $10,000. A fifth of what he was earning. Gone. Couldn't afford it. Lost it. Out of the ministry. Moved. I've been blessed all my personal life because my wife said, no, we're not going to do that. In a community where the homes run in the two, three, four hundred thousand, now that the the markets dropped, 
where at the height of the market, the average home was a half a million dollars, we owe less than $100,000 on our home. We, we, I, I let her apply the margins and apply Dave's principles in our personal life. But sadly, I did not apply them in the business. So many times in network marketing, I see the same exact thing happen. We end up going into business for ourselves. We get a little bit excited. Matter of fact, I won't even say network marketing. Everybody does this. Home-based businesses as a whole will do this. That's why I think we have a, a like a 95% failure rate in the first five years. We have to learn not to use the debt. Dave never worried about any of this. Dave's business is debt-free. They got money in the bank. So when the crash came, he didn't worry about it too much. He just kept on cranking, kept on rolling. Matter of fact, they did just like the, the guys in the Depression did. When the market hit the bottom, he started buying things. He bought a half a million, well, not quite half a million, about $300,000 worth of office equipment for $21,000, put it in a warehouse until he could use it. That's just smart business sense. But most of us just felt like the dam had burst, and it was all coming crashing down on us. I mean, I, I, 2009, we, uh, the business ended up out, done. We had no clients and all that debt. It wasn't until 2011. I mean, I tried to write it out. We tried to, to get some things going. It didn't work. You, you learn from your mistakes. And when you do that, and you apply it all across the board. See, I, I applied it in my personal life. I just didn't apply it in business. I thought they were separate. Too daggum hard-headed to realize it's all one when it comes to your finances, too. I understand that there's only one set of ethics. I just didn't apply it. That's a sad thing. When you have to admit this on international radio, that you're, it's easy to preach this stuff and talk about it, but sometimes you just flat don't apply it to yourself, and then you end up getting popped upside down. So let's look at some basic principles and how they apply. Because I think if we apply what Dave's saying here, your home-based business, whether you're in network marketing, a single-line uh, direct selling company, whether you're building something out on your own, woodworking, scrapbooking, artists, whatever the case is, this will apply. Number one, we need to do the accounting. Nobody likes the numbers except those weird bean counters. But, man, go go get you a small Quicken or QuickBooks or whatever it is. Get something and apply it. Dave says, most small businesses fail because of poor accounting. They start without enough money, undercapitalized. They miss the projections. They don't pay their quarterly taxes or their payroll taxes, and they run into a cash flow problem. One of the things that pisses me off, and if you're listening and you're an MLM attorney, you're an MLM consultant, you're thinking about going into MLM startups, don't do it undercapitalized. If you're an MLM attorney and I'm a consultant, don't just take your clients. Make sure they've got enough capitalization that you know they can make it. I think one of the things that's the most embarrassing thing is when network marketing attorneys are willing to take a few thousand dollars, do the paperwork, get a company launched, and in their heart of hearts they know this company's not going to make it. One, the business plan doesn't work, or two, they're undercapitalized. I just think that's wrong, and and I, I don't mind stepping on people's toes to say that. I think if you say you're going to be an ethical person, you're going to be a, an attorney, then then do that. Proverbs twenty seven twenty three says, 
Be diligent. Know the state of your flocks and your herds. You know that shepherds at night, when the herd had bedded down, they would go out and they would count the sheep. And they would make sure that they hadn't lost any, that no one had gotten left behind. They took care of that. You need to do the same thing. If you're busting it all day long because you're in sales, well, in the evening time, take 30 minutes to an hour. Make sure your accounting's up to date. Crying out loud, it's easy today. I used to have to do it on one of those green colander deals. Now we just have the software. All you got to do is hook into your bank account, download it. You know where everything's at. Bada boom, bada bing. And you're ready. Let's look at it for a second. When you look at those little micro-businesses, that's, that's the traditional. I mean, that's the, the micro-business is really the, the, uh, the real name for a home-based business. That's what economic people look at them. And most of the time, we're, we're, we get started, and we either got a cash stuck in an envelope somewhere, or we're commingling it in a personal account. Now, I've constantly had separate accounts in business. That money rolls in, you need to have it. If you're in network marketing, you need to have a separate account where you're depositing all those checks that are coming in. As Dave says here, keep out 25% to pay your taxes. You may end up giving yourself a tax return at the end of the year. Put, it, put that in a savings account so you're earning the interest on it. You don't have to go out and get an EIN number and incorporate and all that. You probably will have to get a DBA, you know, that you're doing business as. But put this to work for yourself. It's the only way you're going to make it. If you're not doing this, here's what happens. Taxes kill the business every time. I've got a couple of buddies of mine from the old days. We We don't associate anymore, but... Kevin Lehman and Mike Caruana, and these two guys, when it came to making deals, when it came to, to making sure the business was running well, they knew how to do that. Now, neither one of them liked doing the money, so they hired accountants to take care of that. They had an in-house, CP, uh, not CPA, but an in-house bookkeeper to take care of all that stuff. But like Dave, when the economy would go south, remember 2000, whenever the, we had the, the boom and then we had the bust in the dot-com? Man, Mike was out buying advertising. We were, the, we were the biggest advertiser on the Internet for leads and network marketing. Why? Because he was ready. They, were ca- they had cash in the bank. They were ready to make the deals. Folks, we, you've got to do that. But if you're not taking care of the accounting, you're not taking care of the taxes, it just won't happen. You've got to make sure that you're focused on this stuff. Too many daggum times, small business with a great, I mean, the money comes flowing in. My, my good friend, Tom Chenault, he was on the radio show the other day with us on ACES Radio Live. Just finished up an audit from 2007. And you know, if it hadn't been that he had good paperwork trail, kept track of things, had it in a box, had listened to the tax advice from, from great people out there. Matter of fact, if, if, if you're wondering, how do I take care of my home-based business, you can go to troystaxtips.com. That's troystaxtips.com. It's going to take you to one of our one of our affiliate accounts by a gentleman that wrote one of the greatest books on home based business and taxes. And you need you need to do, I, I apply it to my own life. It is a phenomenal book, and it'll help you out. Don't go spend thousands of dollars. Go spend you know twenty five thirty bucks on this book, and it's going to help you out. Because if you don't, it's going to kill you. Third thing, if you if you get your taxes and you're taking care of that, you've got your accounting, so you got your, yourself set up. The third is the budget. You know, it, this is another one of those things that just burns my butt. Is that 
people go out there and they get all excited. They're at an op meeting or they're at a, at a, on a three-way call or they're, they're watching a website, and it says for only thirty nine ninety five, get into the business. Or, or worse yet, you're watching one of those infomercials with a business in the box and says send us 50 bucks and everything you need right here in the box. Okay, none of that is accurate. Okay, the only time that some business is only going to cost you thirty nine ninety five is probably if it's a scam. Even my good friend BK, who allows you to join his company for free, makes it clear up front this is a business. You're still going to have expenses, so you got a budget. You need to know how much you can afford before you even go out there looking for a home-based business, before you even get serious about talking to somebody. And this is the stuff that they just don't tell you. Your average your average cost is probably going to be around 50 bucks to to become what 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 they call a distributor for a company. I, I call them licensees. Means you're under contract to market that product. Now, you can't be a hypocrite, so you're going to have to buy some of the product and use it yourself. And you're probably going to need some of the product that you can use as samples if your company provides samples. You know, little two ounces or little packets that you can give away, whatever the case is. So, you know, you figure most companies that I've researched, about 100 bucks a month is going to be for your personal consumption on a product. Now, i got to admit, some of the weight loss companies are a little bit higher than that, but they seem to be less than Jenny Craig or, or you know, Weight Watchers. So you're going to have, you're going to have about, you know, 100 bucks in, in personal product that you're going to use. Now you're probably going to need to spend another hundred bucks in in the marketing side. So you're going to have to have samples or additional product. You're going to have to have some some brochures or a website stuff like that. So that's probably going to run you somewhere in the neighborhood of another another fifty to seventy five dollars a month. Now you need to have a a line that you can answer, whether it's a home line or a cell phone line. You got to add that in. So that's going to probably run you another 50 bucks a month. You're going to have to have high-speed Internet so that you can have Skype and stuff like that and talk to people. That's going to run you probably another 50 bucks a month. So all in all, you're somewhere between, between $500 and $1,000 a month, depending on the business. And we haven't counted in gas or maybe additional insurance, if, depending on your homeowner's insurance, stuff like that. This is all in your budget. You need to know what the budget is. Because it's not as simple. Even even these pyramid schemes, okay, like TVI Express, where they say, "Look, man, you just you just get in one time. That's all you got to do. There's no auto ship. There's no nothing." Oh yeah, but you got to re-enter. And oh yeah, you might want to. You're still going to have some kind of budget. I don't care what it is. There's going to be something that you have to apply in order to build your business. There is no get rich quick and sustain it. I'm on a rabbit trail for a minute. This is one of the things that is always humorous to me. I'll hear somebody say, I made $35,000 this month. And then nine months later, you say, hey, how much money are you making a month? Hey, nine months ago, I made $35,000. Well, you take that 35000 divide it by nine, and it starts to get down to be a reasonable income now, doesn't it? You know, don't 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 jump into this thing weirdly. Have a budget. Know what you're supposed to do. Here's something else I'm going to tell you. And this isn't in Dave's book. I'm just going to let you know this. You can't go full-time in a home-based business 
until the residual income that's coming through those doors on a month-to-month basis has replaced your current income for about six months, especially if you're in network marketing. Zig Ziglar says this. He says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And sadly, I see so many people get into network marketing, get into a home-based business, and that's exactly what they do. But it doesn't have to be that way. Some of the most successful businesses out there may have started in a garage, but they started with a plan. They had a business. They had a budget. They had focus. They moved forward. Another thing, if you want to succeed, don't go out and buy every freaking toy that comes down the pike, and don't fake it till you make it. You know, I knew a, a young lady once, and, and she was in a cosmetic company. I'm not going to tell you what kind or which name because it's a good company. She just was a dork. And because they were giving away white Mercedes, she decided, I'm going to go buy a white Mercedes. I haven't earned it, but, man, that oh, I, I want to be like them. She's driving around in a white Mercedes, and she's paying the payments. You know her and her husband aren't in that business today. They still had to pay for that white Mercedes. Just because you somebody says, oh, man, I got that new iPhone S4 or 4S or whatever the heck it is, doesn't mean you got to have one. I got I got a smart AT&T. It's a Pantech. Costs a couple hundred bucks. Doesn't do a lot of that other stuff, but you know what? I can text and answer the telephone on it. You know what your phone's supposed to be for? Or somebody say, man, you need to get one of those new quad four processor laptop replacement computers. You know, I run three computers on a daily basis, my laptop and my two servers. I built my one server almost six years ago, and it's still a workhorse, still running great. My baby server I got a couple of years ago that I do a lot of media stuff on. My laptop's three years old, still runs great. With the right Internet security, you can keep all that crap off there, and your computers will run perfect. You don't have to go buy the greatest, newest is what I'm saying. Just because you show up at a network marketing event or a home-based business thing and everybody's got something new doesn't mean you have to play that game. Because what does that do? That throws you over into debt. And when your debt starts piling up in the business, guess what? Then your cash flow really does need to go up. See, cash flow is never a problem if you don't have debt. If you build your business based on a budget and the budget is based on realistic expectations of what you can afford to go into business, then you will self-fund that business with no headache. It's when you want to use other people's money, which is a Wall Street term, OPM, and you go into debt. Do you realize I make mistakes? I mean, I'm sure you guys don't make mistakes, but I make mistakes in business every day, websites, marketing, something. And the one thing that I have learned is if I'm not in debt, those mistakes I can live with. If I'm in debt, I'm upside down. When our when our local business that, that I put all the debt on was going upside down, it was a dry cleaning mobile service, I, I just kept trying to make it survive. Even though the, the plant that I was using to dry clean the clothes was charging me more and more money, I wasn't able to raise the price of my clients. But yet I thought I could I could survive. And then when that plant decided to start a competing route, I was up creek. But my debt magnified my mistakes of staying at it way too long. So you don't want to make those mistakes. Dave uses an example. He he got a buddy of his, and they teamed up, and, and that buddy happens to run Chick-fil-A, and 
he said, Dave, we got this big thing about kids, and we want to help kids, and, and you've got these good little kids' books on, on how to help kids between ages of thir- uh, three years old and 12 balance their, their, their budget, balance their money, put money in the bank, teach them good principles. We'd like to put your books in our Happy Meals or whatever they call them. And Dave said, hey, that's great. You know, they sat down and said, you know what, we figured out a way we can make some money on this. First of all, we're going to be working with Chick-fil-A, so that's great. We'll put five books out that they can market, and then we'll do two others, and then we'll sell the gift packs in a hardbound form. Well, one of the books that they created was about space camp and how Little Junior wanted to go to space camp, but it was too expensive. What they didn't know that the word space camp is actually trademarked by a, a youth organization called Space Camp that teaches kids about space exploration. They got a phone call. I said, dude, you're violating our trademark. Well, Dave <laughs> freaked out because the last thing he would want to do is violate anybody's trademark. He's got a boatload of them his own. Because they didn't go into debt to print up $250,000 worth of books, or 250,000 books, because they only had about $22,000 invested, guess what? When they said, look, we will just trash the books. We are so sorry. We're not trying to steal from you. We're going to trash the books. We're going to correct it, and all your employees can come to our events for free for Here for Life. Everybody was happy. But had he been upside down in debt, not only would the money loss have sucked, but they'd still be paying off the loans. This is why debt is never any good. You've got to stay out of debt. It kills your cash flow. It kills everything. And you may say, Troy, no, you you don't understand. Everybody's doing it. Big business is doing it. Publicly traded companies are doing it. Let me give you a list of companies that are debt-free, that don't borrow money. It may surprise you. Cisco, one of the largest makers of routers, debt-free. Microsoft, debt-free. Chick-fil-A, debt-free. Hobby, Bed Bath & Beyond, debt-free. The Gap, debt-free. Electronic Arts makes all the big games, debt-free. eBay's debt-free. Apple's debt-free. Google's debt-free. Wrigley Gum's debt-free. Not every business goes into debt. And those that started that way usually get out of it very fast. Microsoft started because Bill Gates, his dad's help, because he's pretty pretty rich himself, gave him $50,000 to buy what we knew, what we used to know as DOS, which stood for that damn operating system. IBM didn't know what to do. The rest is history. Hobby Lobby, Mr. Green, started in his garage. And even though I'm sure there's employees of his that really get irritated, because he's he's had to cut their their salary and cut their their benefits and stuff like that. He hasn't had to just lay people off carte blanche like other people have, and I think it's because he's debt free. See, some of these myths that we hear that we have to do, they're just wrong. Another one is that you got to have a line of credit. Okay, you don't need a line of credit, whether it's on your credit card or otherwise. If we do this right, we can build. Art Williams taught me so many years ago, don't live above your means. Always live a level or two below your means. I got a 2004 SUV that's paid for that my wife loves. She drives it everywhere. 
I got a 1995 Ford van that my girls drive. It's paid for. I drive a 1995 Ford 4x4 pickup truck so I can go out and just play like an old redneck. I don't need no fancy car. I live at the beach. I wanted to come to the beach. My wife said, you're going to love the beach. I fell in love with it. We moved here. Why would I want to move away? Because I can't afford it. See, if you live just a little bit below your means, the rest is history. You can do things that people only dream of. See, to me, that's just the coolest thing under the sun. I think that just rocks. There's four principles I want you to take away from today's call. One, we pay cash, period. If you're going to build your business, pay cash. Don't put it on a credit card that you can't pay off. I'd use a debit card. I'd I'd get rid of credit cards. Trust me, I've had to do that. Number two, rent. Don't pay cash until you can pay cash. Excuse me. Don't don't get a loan against it. Okay, if you're if you're in a home based business and you need equipment, don't go buy a bunch of new equipment. Just go rent what you need. And you're gonna say, oh my gosh, Troy, but the payments doesn't matter. If you only need it a couple times a month, three times a month. On those months when you don't need it, take that payment that you would pay, stick it in a savings account until you can afford to pay cash for it. Number three, outsource anything that you need to. Don't go into debt to try to fund it. It's always better to outsource. There's a good book, 4-Hour Workweek, by Tim Ferriss to teach you about outsourcing. And I suggest always buying used. It works every time. You can get some great buys doing it used. You don't need brand new equipment. And lastly, as we come into the end of the show, you need to be saving and giving. You need to set up that emergency fund for the business. It's called retained earnings. You need to be putting it away so you can have capital uh, improvements. You can have emergency fund if you need it. Anything that's there, you want to, you want to be able to do that. Look at it as investing in your favorite company, yours. That plain and simple. Plus, when you've got retained earnings and it's sitting there, guess what you can do? When opportunity comes knocking, you can go buy something, just like Dave bought all that equipment for $21,000. And you need to be generous. Mark DeMoss, who is is just a phenomenal media advertising PR person, phenomenal guy, and, and he should be. His daddy owned an insurance company that that took a risk back in the 70s and told Art Williams, hey, we'll underwrite your life insurance. So Mark got to grow up seeing the controversy that can surround some really crazy people during those days. He ended up falling in love with Art's daughter and married her. He's one of the neatest guys I know. He wrote a great book called The Little Red Book of Wisdom. You can go to DeMoss Group if you want to learn more about what Mark offers. He's great. I love his father-in-law. I love him. But he tells a story in the Little Red Book of Wisdom about John D. Rockefeller, the founder of Standard Oil. He died in 1937, at that time one of the world's richest business barons. And in his lifetime, in today's dollars, he gave away over $5 billion to people. He told his story this way. I had to begin work as a small boy to support my mother. My first wages amounted to a buck fifty per week. The first week I went to work, I took home the dollar and fifty, gave it to my mom. 
She held it in her lap and explained to me that she would be happy if I would give a tenth to the Lord. I did, and from that week until today, I've tithed every dollar to God that God has entrusted in me, and I want to say that if I had not tithed the first dollar I made, I would not have tithed the first million that I made. I thought that was pretty profound. Now, I'm not telling you to tithe off your business. Matter of fact, I don't, Dave validated this, but I've never found anything in the Bible that says tithe off your business. It says tithe off your first fruits. So whatever you bring out of that business, you need to tithe on it. Like Dave, because I have applied a lot of his principles, we have a family foundation that we put the money in, and then we give it out. And that way a lot of times, either either through one of Dalton's endeavors or one of our own, we can do it anonymously. We don't we don't have to toot who we are. Now, I know in network marketing, it's very, very common to have to have social um, justice causes that you're doing. I think that's phenomenal. But on a personal level, give with an open heart and make sure you're giving your first fruits. It's the hardest daggum thing to do, trust me. But once it becomes a habit, your life will change forever. Guys, this has been a little different chapter today. I told you, man, I stepped on my own toes so many times it was pathetic. But we all need to learn from it if we're going to stay in business any length of time. Tomorrow, Chapter 10, The Map to the Party, Grasping the Undefinable Relationship Between Great Communication and Great Companies. You're going to love it. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow morning on RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye for now.